Brain Rain request where two college professors take a second look at questions and answers from around the internet and from you, the listener. My name is Professor Will McBurney. And my name is Professor Mark Sheriff. And do you smell it? Do you smell what's cooking? The turkey, the stuffing? Oh, I, have, it I is... haven't started cooking yet. But see, we're going to release this on Thanksgiving. So, so. Oh, right. Tr- yes. Sh- sh- okay. Yeah, right. So. Right. Yes. Sm- yes. Here on Thursday, November <laughs> 25th in the year of our Lord 2021. When we are recording this whilst uh, cooking well, Thanksgiving. No. Do, okay. Do you, re- do, do we talk as if it's the day that it's coming out or the day it's being, because if we're talking about the day it's being recorded, this was academic Thanksgiving, right? It was the last day of classes before students went home for the break and how was your class today? <laughs> how full it was, it was how f- a touch underpopulated. <laughs> really? You don't say. You yeah. don't say. All right. All right. So so my my average attendance in class uh, has been 37. I've been tracking this this semester for some horrible reason that I just want to hurt myself, I guess. And the average attendance on Zoom has been, let's say, around 25 ish. So that's not that's not too terrible. So in the class today. With five minutes to go before class was supposed to start, I had four people sitting in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was a, a, a reasonable trickle. We were all guessing how many people would show up. And at go time, at 11 a.m., I had 14 people with butts in seats and a few more people straggled in later. So honestly, it was a little higher than I thought it was going to be. How, how did you do? I had six. Ooh. I, I had six people. I, th- I had, I think, at peak, like six or seven on Zoom. For clarity, my attendance tends to be lower, uh, largely due to um, well, it's two o'clock in the afternoon. It's two o'clock. Yeah, it's the post lunch. It's the post lunch yeah. nap time. Yeah, po- can't come post- to class during the post lunch nap time. No, no, no. Po- two two o'clock, almost more. I mean, two o'clock, almost more so than three o'clock, is almost like a death knell time yeah. slot because you finish lunch and you just don't want to go, and then mm-hmm. eventually maybe you get going enough to make it to your three o'clock. The eleven o'clock slot is actually kind of, is actually pretty much the prime slot. Yeah, I mean you honestly. have to go to lunch afterwards anyway, so you're gonna you might as well head out. Yeah, yeah, you're out and about, and and our classroom there's a bagel place literally right outside, yeah. literally right outside the front door. Yeah, they can place so, their order while in their seat and pick it up on the way out, which based on their computer usage seems to be something they do a lot. Mm, yeah, had have had to stop them from eating a lot in class. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, well, they, for, you, you, for pandemic reasons. Yeah, you, you can't eat with a mask on. They'll just suck oh, yeah. that bagel through a straw. Mm, I, they, they probably have that flavor. Um, so so do, do you have any Thanksgiving traditions coming up? Do you have anything exciting planned? Uh, I mean, we've only we've only been married for a year and a half. So <laughs> we don't really have tons of traditions yet. Uh, but I am I am cooking. Uh which is something that I have been trying to get better at. Admittedly, in the last year, it, it's fallen off a bit. Ironically, I'm home all the time, so I've been doing less cooking, as weird as that sounds. But that's a lot of that is when I cook, I like to go to the grocery store and pick out what I'm cooking that night so it's it's reasonably fresh. And I've been doing sure. fewer trips because, you know, gestures at pandemic. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. You got any traditions? So, so last year, right before Thanksgiving, our oven died. Okay. And so last year, I did a turkey on the grill. First time I ever tried to do that. Actually, did pretty well. I mean, it was. It's not like I just grilled that sucker, got the tongs out, flipped right. it over. It wasn't, you know, like a big old burger. Um, but I didn't want to do that this year. 
So of all the places, I'm getting my turkey from a Mexican restaurant. That, hey, you have, that's what you, you haven't you had a chance to replace your oven yet. We have, yeah, in a year and a half, we still have not done yeah. it. Even though, even though very nice people I'm related to, hi mom, hi dad, have helped you know <laughs> contribute toward us doing that. We just yeah. haven't managed to you know invite another in, in, human right. being into our house. Yeah, yeah. but but it's, it's but the, the restaurant's Al Carbone, which actually does rotisserie chicken and they're mm-hmm. doing rotisserie turkeys. And so I'm very, very excited. I, I, I can't wait for it. But there's another another tradition that I want us to talk about today. And that is Black Friday into Small Business Saturday into Cyber Monday week. All of it. Okay. I want to talk about the shopping and I want to talk about specifically the technology and, and, and about everything going on with shopping. At first, First, I want to talk about Cyber Monday, Black Friday. Don't care. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's, you know, people knocking each other over, giving each other COVID. I, not not into Black Friday. I've never been into Black Friday. The, I, Cyber Monday. I, I will say that uh, the great the great battle uh, of Walmart in 2018 really was a pivotal moment in the history of Black Friday. <laughs> They're just. I just I'm imagining now the History Channel and it's like oh no you know some like ghostly face while like a a calm narrator reads a letter. Theodore, I. I've been outside the Walmart now for four hours. I cannot feel my toes any longer. I feel the frostbite will take them. I I, I may never make it home, but if I don't, I hope the 32-inch TV I just bought does. Yours in love, Theodore. Wait, did Theodore just run out of the theater? Yeah, yeah, it's it's two Theodores, man. Get with the times. Hey, hey, I'm I'm down with that. You know, I mean, that's great. It's just still, you know, and we're in the same person, same same name. But, oh, God, that... It's Ken Burns. I just get this Ken Burns, you know, this nice, it's like a black and white photo. It like zooms in and then yeah. zooms out. <laughs> it's a picture of someone just standing by the door of the Walmart looking for. All right. So do you know where the term Cyber Monday came from or how Cyber Monday came about? Uh, I do know this and not just because you, you did it in lecture today um, or I mean two days ago. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, yeah, so the gist of it is you go physically shopping on, uh, it used to be Friday and then it morphed into like Thursday and now it's back to Friday and even targets like now we're not even doing Friday anymore. But, um, yeah, basically people got to work and they use their work internet to do all their online shopping. It's basically it, you know, because during the, you know, the earlier days of the Internet, way back um, in the years, late 90s, early 2000s, in the long time ago, in the, the way, way back times, know. as a matter of fact, the term Cyber Monday was coined in 2005 by the National Retail uh, Federation. So we're, we're going back 17 ish years. That's not math. 16 ish year. Well, we'll just round. You don't know what part of the year it was. Let's just say regardless. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it would have been after Thanksgiving. Sh- shut up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we don't have to do math in our heads anymore because that's what we have computers for. Exactly. Anyway, anyway, um, if if you were lucky enough to have Internet at home, it was dial up. And even then. You know, that was not the best experience for, for doing that sort of shopping. And so, um, yeah, it would people would get back to the office on Monday where they had high speed Internet. They didn't want to do work. And so Cyber Monday was thus born. Turns out that in 2005, Cyber Monday uh, uh, accounted for $486 million in sales. By the time five years later, it was up 
to a billion. By the time we hit 2019, it was $7.8 billion worth of sales was happening mm-hmm. over uh, just Cyber Monday, with it reaching over 11 in 2020. It has become the second largest shopping day of the year mm-hmm. uh, after Black Friday. And of course, shall we guess... Where does that money go? Will McBurney, we are going to play a version of Family Feud-esque. I've got the top one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten answers. You're playing against yourself. I've got the top ten answers on the board. Name a place that people spent money on digitally during Cyber Monday. Well, let's get the number one off the board, Amazon. Amazon with 40%. Okay. 40%. Lo- lower than I thought or it would be, honestly. Uh, All right. Okay. So, so, everyone at home, you probably, you can you can mark off Amazon off your card. All right. What's the next one? What do you, or did it have to be in order? Where do you I'm think? Gonna, I'm gonna, I don't know what the next one is. I'm going to just throw in a couple big retailers that now have online presence. Uh, Target and do Walmart. It. Target Walmart numbers two and three, although you okay. said them in three and two. Walmart at 5%, Target at 3.8%. Okay, so it's a really big drop-off after Amazon. Gigantic uh, drop-off from Amazon. All right, I'm going to throw in uh, I'm gonna throw in Best Buy. That was number four. Okay. Let me go one one that's probably not there, but, but it's related. GameStop? It is not on the okay, list. Okay, yeah. All right. Um, eh, first, first X. Eh. Okay. Um, they get they get they get trickier after this. Um, uh, is eBay on there? eBay is number seven. Okay, that's an old one. Um, at one point eight percent. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw another one out there. Uh, Do it. Steam. Oh, interesting. So for those that don't know Steam online yeah. uh, games, uh, no, that no, is your okay. second so X. That's my second X. Uh, uh, actually, well, no, no, I, st- I still going to be next. Okay. You're doing very well. You got half the list. Yeah, So, so but but you hesitated there, and that tells me something. Um, All right, well, I'll tell you why I hesitated. I was going to say, I we should, I mean, Steam is all online. These are all you know, combination online. Okay. Okay. Uh, right. But, well, but then I looked at the list. Amazon, I was like, wait, yeah. eBay's, but no, eBay's e- not. And yeah. there's another one on the list that is also, there is no brick and mortar. Uh, there's one more that actually there's two more. There is no more brick and mortar. So I'm trying to think like the big retailers. I, uh, my thought would be either overstock.com or I don't know, maybe Etsy now. Etsy is on the list. Oh, Etsy I'll is give on it the to list. you. Okay. Etsy is number nine at 1.6%. I'm going to assume Overstock is not. You're correct. Overstock okay, is not so on the list. That's my third X. What are the others? Uh, at position five is Apple with okay. 3.2%. Uh, at number six, Instacart. Okay. Of um, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, that makes sure. sense. 2.8%. Um, at... Uh, eighth is Home Depot at 1.7. So I was going to say Home Depot and Lowe's at some point. And if I said that the number 10 is a, a big box a wholesale retailer. Costco, Sam's. Costco, Costco's yeah. number 10. Okay. So uh, just, to re- just to recap, the order went, and this is uh, market share mm-hmm. from 2020 
uh, of Cyber Monday. Uh, uh, it was Amazon, Walmart, Target, Best Buy, Apple, Instacart, eBay, Home Depot, Etsy, Costco. And the percentages went 40.4 to 5.1. That was your jump from Amazon to Walmart. So the 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 Thanksgiving weekend, the Black Friday, of course, the reason it's called Black Friday is not uh, because of, you know, the images of death and despair that the black would would make you think it, of course, is that's when retailers that's are making their now. But yeah, it's what it is now. That's when retailers are making their money back to get into the black mm. on their on their charts on on uh, in their books. Uh, and it has now been added out with Small Business Saturday. Uh, we try to get people to buy from smaller businesses, which that's that's a beautiful, lovely thing. Apparently, we still take Sunday off. That's nice. Uh, this year, that's the first first Sunday of Hanukkah. Not Hanukkah. Excuse me. Of uh, Advent. Wow, that yeah. was quite the flip there. Hanukkah started. Actually, I think Hanukkah is just about to start. Mm. And we also have Giving Tuesday is now a thing that's been started. Uh, let's try to promote charitable charitable donations on the Tuesday after Cyber Monday. So, um, yeah, eleven billion dollars in twenty twenty on Cyber Monday. Pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. So I've got more Thanksgiving and and holiday related technology stuff coming. But what right. do you want to talk about? Well, let's stick with the internet. So this wasn't a question that I had mentioned ahead of time, but um. Why does it take my computer several minutes to search for a certain file, yet a web browser can search through millions of websites in less than a second? Why does that? Ha- why? Why does that happen? Okay, can I have a moment? This really grinds my gears. Yep. Searching for files in Windows takes so much longer than searching for files on the Mac. It and has it gotten drives, better, I would say. It drives me absolutely crazy. But you're right. It does. It, 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 you know, why, why, you know, uh, indexing is probably part of it. Oh, um, uh, that's a also, lot of it, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what, what is indexing? How, how, how should we explain what indexing is? Well, so f- I guess first we kind of, it, it's easier if I start by answering the question, which is to say Google cheats. It doesn't. It doesn't actually search the internet when you send your query. No, there's a little there's a little Google gnome yeah. that runs out and looks at all the web pages. <laughs> what what Google does is it just crawls the internet. It it crawls all over it and it just indexes websites by certain terms. Like a pub crawl. Yeah. And it stores all of that information and then all that information is accessed by the server when you search for terms. And it, if you're searching for individual common terms, it just searches for those specific terms and presents you those web pages. Um, but yeah, so it, 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 it's not fast at all. It's really, really slow and time consuming and expensive, but they just have a bunch of results kind of stored for later. So like indexing yeah. is well, I was gonna say it's like it's like if you're really you're really good at searching for your your uh your keys and your wallet I am not and everything. Good at either of those no, things. But you're okay. <laughs> it's the generic you. If you always lay them out in the exact same place mm-hmm. every single time because you know where to look for them. That's kind of what indexing does. Is right. when you look for a certain term, Google's like, "Oh, I know where I put all of the pictures of Taylor Swift. I put them over here." 
Yeah. Uh, okay, we'll go with that. <laughs> I would have picked other examples, but sure. Um, yeah, so She's it, been in the news. Whereas whatever. when you're searching with Windows, so often it will actually do a bit of the same thing. It will do things like first search for uh, the, the likely places, which is oftentimes you'll have an index of recent documents or you're in your My Documents folder or whatever. But um, the, the thing with Windows that it does is it, when you ask it to search everywhere it's like okay well let me search in and it'll start searching like system 32 and it's like it's, <laughs> yeah. I, i'm gonna guess that it's not that this that this excel spreadsheet i'm looking for is not in the code that makes my operating system work hey will hey will i need to find i need to find the marshmallows to make my my patented amazing um sweet potato casserole i'm gonna start by looking under the sink yeah I'm sure that's where I keep the marshmallows. Yeah. Or it's like, you know, there you need to go to the grocery store for them. But the first thing you're going to do is check your garage just just in case it's there. <laughs> the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to drive to the vaccine clinic because no. maybe they'll have marshmallows there. Well, maybe um, at the big shots. Maybe maybe they're like, oh, here, here, here you go. Here's here's a treat. Thank you for thank you for helping society. Mm. Uh -oh. All right. Well, with that, we now know that Google cheats uh, by by using very well established and recognized procedures that everyone uses. So, perhaps a bit of a strong statement, but nonetheless, um, yeah. Do you want to jump back into? Well, it's. I was going to say, you know, why do we think that we don't? Why do we don't incorporate some of that indexing into local searching? You know, I, mm -hmm. I actually, this is something I've wondered. I mean, I, it could be because the index takes up so much space. It mm -hmm. could be because you're constantly changing files on your machine. I mean, I believe that the Mac, Mac does actually do some of this indexing does. Um, through their searchlight uh, application. Um, and that gives you a little bit more of an advantage, but it, it, it still seems like that whatever indexes they're trying to do locally, even though the data set is obviously smaller than the internet mm. um it's still just not great maybe it's also a background processing thing probably Could keeping be. that index up and running i'm not sure i don't know yeah i don't know but that does maybe, lead maybe me. it's in windows 11 i haven't installed it yet i don't want to break uh, my games we uh if anyone's interested about learning about software updates go listen to the previous episode the office hours where we talk about software updates it's thrilling it's I, it's a software updates. How exciting can it be? But talking about processing power is the next thing I wanted to talk about because, mm -hmm. it, as you can imagine, with Cyber Monday, that is a lot of internet traffic. Yeah. As a matter of fact, it's a lot of internet traffic going to Amazon, not just because of Amazon, but because so many other websites are hosted on what's called Amazon Web Services or AWS. Mm -hmm. There is a glorious myth about how AWS came to be. So first off, let me define what AWS is. We have moved to a point in computing where we don't want to necessarily run our own servers, basically. So if you are a company and you wanted to host a website, if you wanted to run your e-commerce, if you wanted to do, you know, even something is more impressive as something like serving video like your netflix it is incredibly cost inefficient 
and environmentally inefficient and destructive if every single company had their own big room with a whole bunch of servers in it. It just doesn't make sense because paying for all that hardware, paying for the people to maintain it, paying for the electricity, it, it's just not good. Mm. So what Amazon Web Services does is they have a lot of computing power in, in the form of individual machines that are connected together, lots of hard drive space, all of that. And websites, companies, basically just buy shared time and carve out a little space in the Amazon Web Service world to run their stuff. And there's a lot of different services that AWS provides. It does everything from you can just turn on a computer and pretend it's your own machine. You can host all sorts of files that you want. You can run different APIs for, for you. Um, it does monitoring. It does a whole bunch of cool stuff. Have you ever have you ever hosted anything? On, now, I actually, I, this is kind of cheating because uh, we're doing it kind of for our class. Uh, right. But have you ever used AWS for so, your own purposes? So I've never actually used AWS uh, directly. Um, yeah, no, I, I've never I've never tried to use it yeah i mean it's rare that i mean i haven't used it except other than using it for example in class because last time i checked i have not been entrepreneurial enough to start a major online company Mm -hmm. um yeah go figure it just it hasn't happened unlike many of our colleagues who seem to find time to do startups when they're not teaching i guess anyway (laughs) but but in our class in our class we we have our students use something called heroku which is hosted on AWS. It is another hosting service. So here, here's the story. Here's the myth. In the long, long ago, in the way back time, back to 2005, 2006, when Cyber Monday was becoming, when Amazon was really becoming a thing, they noticed that around the time of Black Friday and what would eventually be known as Cyber Monday, their traffic would go really, really high and they needed more machines. So every year, about around, you know, summertime, they would buy a whole bunch of computers and get them all hooked up and ready to go for that big day. It's like it's like the reindeer getting ready with Santa for the big day for Cyber Monday. And they turn all the machines on and then they would be able to handle all of the traffic that was necessary. They'd make all their millions of dollars Mm -hmm. and then Cyber Monday would be done and the holiday season would be done and the machines would sit there fallow not being used at all and so they decided what we should do is we should rent these out to everyone else and then make the money and then buy more machines and make more money and Mm -hmm. buy more machines and then i mean it's a nice myth it's not true because what really happened is amazon like many software companies yes they are software even though they sell you know things Mm -hmm. They had a bunch of software engineers that team A was building some infrastructure. Team B was building some infrastructure. Team C was building from infrastructure. And they realized, why are all these three teams building the same thing? Yeah. And so they created a team that said, hey, we're going to build one team that does the infrastructure for everyone to use. So all these other teams, they can concentrate on things that the customers are actually find useful. And it turns out they did a good job. And well, then they wanted to host it out. Yeah. I, I, well, I'm pretty sure they, they always had an intention of using, like, once they started this process, I think 
even before they had the intention of like oh handling extra load and everything. I think if I remember right, their their goal was always like for the Amazon Web Services thing to be like a central part of their business model, even more so than like the book selling. Actually, surprisingly, and I I think this is the first time I'm going to say this. No, no, okay, you're, I was wrong on that. You are incorrect. There was actually a, a, an interview I was reading, um, uh, with the 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 uh, the the gentleman that that started AWS. I don't have the article up right mm. now, uh, and I'm not going to click around and give me a bunch of clicks to get rid of. But there was an interview with him that said that um, when they did this the very first time, they opened it to limited hundred partners, and it was completely just as a trial run, mm. and that literally they were shocked at how popular it was. Um, and it's, it then transitioned into something right. like, oh, wait, there is a, there is a market for this to the point that, you know, so, so in, they, they didn't have the intention to have a market out of the gate. They just, it turned out there correct. was one and they just, okay. So, I, so I was mistaken there. So I, I had a different myth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, there, you know, uh, how things come about in some of these large companies, absolutely. You know, it just kind of, it just kind of happened. So. We have, or Amazon now has this technology, this AWS platform that has grown and grown and grown. As a matter of fact, now it, it, it is the has the highest margin of any of their other businesses. It's, it's not the highest profit earner, but it is the highest amount return on investment. And to the point where, you know, Netflix is completely run on, on AWS. Right. Multiple other major services that, that people use is completely run on AWS to the point where if and when, and I say when, there's a problem with AWS, there's a lot of things that go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, AWS has a lot of capabilities for things like auto scaling, where the idea is you set up your application that you says, okay, my application can handle, let's say, a thousand people going to a web page at a time. That's not enough to tax the server. But on Cyber Monday, you go into a console and you turn that knob up to say, oh, I now should need, I need to handle at least 5,000 people at a time. Because anytime someone goes to an e-commerce website and doesn't see what they want to see, hits a friction point, that's a sale potentially lost. Right. So they have to handle all that traffic. So Amazon's dealing with all of the traffic for Cyber Monday. They're dealing with all the traffic from cyber attacks trying to take yep. down Cyber Monday. And still, Netflix is like one of the highest usage of bandwidth on the Internet. Yeah, it is. And, yeah. So, Will, how do you feel about the Internet? Basically, if Jeff Bezos presses a button... Most of our internet goes away. Yeah, I mean that's it's not great, but on the other hand, and this is, uh, I I have I have already bought all the books that I I need for the next several decades from Amazon, so I'm fine. <laughs> but what about but what about Netflix? We need. I mean, we need I'll, I'll I'll be sad that I won't be able to go back and watch BoJack Horseman. Great show, by the way. Um. But, you know, I'm, I, let's be honest, I don't have high hopes for The Witcher. I didn't really like what they did with the first season, so I think I'll be okay. You'll be okay? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, um, it's pretty amazing what what AWS does do for developers now that um, you don't have to think about where how, how do I how do I buy enough computers to manage this and 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 AWS does have competitors it just took them a long time to even come close to catching up right uh, to the point that AWS is still 
a disgustingly high percentage of sort sort of um, like Amazon is the high percentage of Cyber Monday sales. Yeah, it's it, it, it's it's probably it is, bigger than forty percent. <laughs> if I had to bet, I think I, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, I'm missing the statistic now. I believe the statistic was closer to sixty or seventy yeah. percent actually. Yeah. Um, but Google and uh, Microsoft with Azure uh, definitely have competing products, but I've never found them to be terribly um, useful, unfortunately, to the point that we're using something that's built on AWS for our class. Yeah, I mean, so. and, and, and just to add to that, the the uh, the idea that Jeff Bezos could just turn off the Internet, that would lead to basically the financial ruin of of himself and his company. <laughs> so he doesn't really have any incentive to do that. Uh, yeah, no, of course, but, but, of course not. But yeah, um, so I'm not I'm not particularly worried that's going to happen. Hey, I found a picture on the internet. This is an audio podcast. Let's talk about a picture. Oh, I love pictures. Tell me about your picture. So, so the picture, which it, it's hard to describe, but I was the best I can. It is a electric vehicle, and what someone did was they welded some, uh, some like a cog onto their uh, hubcap of their back tire, and what they did was they hooked that cog up to a chain, and that chain powers a generator that helps charge the car's battery. So well, that sounds delightfully yeah. mythbusters to me. Well, well, so you know, you know, you, you as you're as you're driving, your wheel turns. That's going to charge your battery. You're you're gonna you're gonna be able to just dramatically increase your electric car's mileage, right? Uh, it sounds to me like you've created a way of creating infinite energy. So yeah. congratulations, <laughs> dude! You have solved the energy crisis. Yeah, so of course this wouldn't work. There's this little thing Aww. in the way called the therm- laws of thermodynamics. It's like physics. <laughs> yeah, it is. Basically, of course, as you turn as you turn the uh the car's as the wheel, wheel turns. If it's charging the generator that's putting resistance on the wheel turning, so you have to use more power to turn the wheel at the same speed. And yes, some of that power is going back into the battery, but just from the second law of thermodynamics, some of it's also being lost to sound or heat or any other number of other sources. So it's a net energy loss. The The metaphor would be, oh, well, hey, let's use some of the power from the hydroelectric dam to pump water back up the dam so that way we have more water in the reservoir to, to come down and generate power. <laughs> Like naturally, you need more power to put the water up than it did coming down. Didn't I think I've seen this painting though? Is this by this guy named Escher? I think. Yeah, uh, something like that. But that takes me to uh, the actual question I was going to ask, which is oh, okay, because there is actually a real question behind this. Um, I was hoping just me. have you seen this picture? Picture this picture. Why do we store water in towers rather than underground, like we do gasoline, uh, for example? I would assume gravity pushes the water down to create pressure. Yes, but but Whoa. we but of course we Go have me. we have pumps to create pressure. So why do we need a water tower? Well, oh. it's because of the following problem. Okay, people don't use the same amount of water throughout the day. There's peak hours. For example, when people wake True. up and get a shower, or if they you know if you shower at night when they go to bed, when they get home, water is used at different peak times. Now, the pumps work to try to keep the water under constant pressure, but during those peak hours, as water is pulled out of the system, the pumps cannot just maintain that same pressure. This is where the water tower comes into play. It's a way of 
adding water back to the system. And because it's high above ground, it produces its own natural pressure while falling. And then during the hours when water is not being used as much, when they're, when the water is below the average, those same pumps that have pressure and add pressure to the system allow the water to be pushed up the water tower. So oh. while there's hmm. high demand, the water tower level falls. And when uh, and as the demand slows down, it rises again. What oh, does this neat. have to do with, and I mentioned this before, and what does this have to do with oh, solar wait. energy? Well, we're still coming from the car now, too. Oh. So, yeah, we're, we're yeah. just, we're, we're connecting a bunch of, you're, you're it, that guy I, with I ha- the board I, with the connections. You're like, look, here's the connections. Well, or I'm just riding a Segway. Hey. Um, oh, man. How does it conserve so, energy? So, so something that, that, a question that often gets asked, in my opinion, disingenuously, but still gets ignored in a way that I don't think it's fair to ignore is someone will get up and say, well, we can't use nothing but solar and wind power because what do you do at night when there's no wind blowing? And, and that's question like it, it, it's often posed in a disingenuous way. But the thing sure. is, people dismiss that question as though it's not a completely reasonable question to ask. And it is. I mean, so, so the thing about the electric grid, the electric grid is not a battery. You, the, the, the whole grid is not a battery where it's like power plant, add charge. My computer that we're recording this on, take away charge. It's not how it works. Power plants actually do have to adjust their output in order to, um, you know, not overcharge the grid, but also not have, a, have an undercharge such that there are, there are brownouts and things like that. Or if you're in Texas, just don't have it do anything in the winter. No, well, yes, that, there, therein lies the problem. Um, mm. So one of the factors that we need to think about as we go to renewables is storage. Because think of it like the water tower. What do we want to do with renewable energy? If we can charge it can relatively consistently throughout the day, again, depending on weather, the day, etc. But over, over long periods sure. of time, it, it, we can design it so it provides a fairly consistent charge. How do we then store that where, where we take the power that is not being utilized and find some way to store it? So that way we can redeem it later. There have actually been, it's not just, hey, let's hook up a bunch of batteries to the grid because batteries per unit of storage are fairly expensive. Uh, they've gotten a sure. lot cheaper. Lithium batteries, especially, have gotten a lot cheaper. There have been proposals like, let's take all the old car batteries and put them in a building. Oh, um, that sounds yeah, that, healthy. <laughs> yeah. But well, also, I mean, batteries do have environmental impacts. So that's true. One one actual serious idea was having towers of concrete blocks, like really, really big concrete blocks. As there's excess power in the system, the system powers a crane with the excess power to lift these giant blocks up with robotic arms effectively and set them on a tower. And then when the system's in deficit, when there's more power draw than needed, you can effectively just use the gravity of the block dropping in reverse to produce power. Now that whole process of, Hey, let's, let's store this in vertical potential energy in in connect. Yeah. 
And yeah, and then <laughs> use right, yeah, right. Yeah. Use and then use the potential energy uh, from gravity to convert back to electrical energy. Yes, there's a loss there, but that is a serious proposed idea. There are other ones like storing them in the form of heat, or um, and this is actually hydroelectric plants have already done this. You know, you can pump the water with the excess power back up to the reservoir, so that way when you're in deficit, you can just have that water fall down. Um, so there's another. This sounds like, exceptionally Rube Goldberg. Well, it 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 naturally is though, because the the fact is, I mean, say what you will about all the problems of fossil fuels, and and there are many global warming notwithstanding. I mean, even just things like asthma has been rising in the era of, of fossil fuels, but. You need more power, add more fuel. You need less power, take more fuel away. It's a bit simpler than just, you know, adjusting to adjusting to uh, the long-term patterns with solar panels, which are more dependent mm. on long-term cycles. So we're going to have to get creative about, about this, which is to say there are absolutely solutions for this. And uh, one is basically use storing the energy as heat and effectively using... Uh, uh, take the energy, use it to basically create a, a superheated area, and then use that heat later to convert back to power. And that's going to be, um, you know, less lossy. I mean, there's a loss. Anytime you do a conversion, there's a loss to entropy. But there'd be less loss than, than other approaches. So, you know, huh. to be clear, the question, what do we do with renewable energy when the weather doesn't support it, is a reasonable question. It is one that engineers are working on answering, so you can't just dismiss it completely out of hand, as I see Don't many people do. I feel I feel attacked. I feel like I was baited into, into yeah. dismissing. <laughs> so, so the point the point being, understand that storage of power can be done. We can use the power to store the power <laughs> in a way, and then and then redeem it the back. Power. Think of think of it like the water towers. That's what we want our energy grid to be like with renewables. So a house that's on that has solar panels, correct? And I have not, I've not, I've never looked at this. Mm -hmm. uh, our, our colleague Aaron, you know, did this with um, that he built his family right. built a new house, and they got solar panels on it. And I remember that there was um, he actually got in a little bit of a. A little bit of kerfuffle with the with the with the solar panel company because they guaranteed X amount of kilowatts mm -hmm. and it wasn't doing that. And they were like, well, but you're facing the wrong way. And he's like, but you came out here and did the assessment or something along these lines. Mm -hmm. So so is it that things that are on solar, it's it uses the solar as long as it needs the solar. Mm -hmm. And then when it doesn't have solar. There might be there is some storage or if there's not storage, it switches back over to the normal grid. Yeah. So so if you have solar panels on your house, you you're still connected to the grid often. In fact, um, in I've heard in, in Germany, there, there are places where you can actually sell the excess power back to the grid. Um, and huh. and so in, in Germany, for example, the, the, the power weight rates are different depending on the hour of the day. At, at peak hours, you pay more for electricity. And at low at, at non-peak hours, you pay less. And so um, you can have solar panels and run your house off that. But unless you have storage, effectively batteries, um, you know, when, whenever the sun's not shining, any electricity you use is coming off the grid. If you have storage, maybe it can pull from that. But yeah, I, I mean, I have friends with solar panels. None of them are, are completely 100% off the grid by, by any means. Um, mm -hmm. 
And, you know, it, it depends on basically how big your roof is and, and how much power you use. For example, if you're home, but you're not watching TV and you don't have the air conditioning on, nothing you use is really using a ton of power. Um, well, and your computer's off, right? Like, pe- people, well, who, certainly- people who study power grids basically say there's two, there's two types of power that you have to consider. One, everything except air conditioning. And two, air conditioning. Yeah, I was about yeah. to say HVAC is absolutely the number one power yeah. drain in the house. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, most people you're seeing in the house and the and the heat turns on, the AC comes on, and all the lights go weir yeah. just for a moment when it when it's starting to pull. Yeah. So interesting. Interesting. Hey, I've got a submission here for us okay. uh, for uh, for our funny for our, our our random question here. And this is not from No Stupid Questions. Uh, it is from Am I the A-Hole okay. uh, subreddit, uh, which is close enough. So, Am I the jerk, okay. we'll call it. <laughs> I, I'm actually going to rearrange a little bit of this person's question to, to uh, I guess, g- give the proper uh, introduction. So suffice to say that this is an individual who goes by a nickname Tim, he says, uh, my close family knows, of course, uh, that Tim is not my real name. It's what I went by in school and college and at work. Uh, my legal name does come up, but I generally just laugh it off. And luckily, no one's ever made a big thing about it or bullied me about it. I get a couple jokes, but I'm getting married in a couple weeks. And my fiance really wants the officiant to use Tim when he refers to me. I don't mind him using it for the majority of it, but when he says do you take X to be your lawful wedded wife? I really want him to use my real full legal name. My full legal first name is Optimus Prime. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yes, really. My mother was a complete nerd and my father was very, very indulgent. My feelings about it are complex and have evolved over time, but I don't resent them for it. They wanted to share their love of something with me, and I can appreciate that even if I didn't grow up to share that love. I actually am not really into any of that at all. But, so Reddit, if I insisted on using my legal name, am I the a-hole? Um, what do you... So, so this is, this is part of why my wife and I just eloped. We got, we got married in a courtroom with the officiant and that was it. Um, cause, cause I, I am not good at, at planning these kinds of things. Like, so, so to be clear, Tim is insisting on, uh, using his real name, Optimus Prime. I, I'm, I'm gathering that his wife is opposed or his wife uh, to be yes. as opposed yeah, uh, I, I I I have questions about how he got Tim anyway from Optimus Prime. Yeah. Well, but, uh, um, Tim is. Oh, there it is. Yes. Yeah. Okay, got it. Um, I mean, I, I yeah I I I I, I don't I, I I wouldn't call this guy uh, an a hole by any means. I which is the better idea? I mean. You know, you you you're getting married, so n- compromise and 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 respecting each other's feelings, I think, it certainly matters. Uh, seems like a good idea to to set a good precedent for that. But also, it it's your name, and if you want them to use that, I also think your your spouse to be should respect that. I don't know. 
<laughs> yeah, part of me, part of me wonders if it's. It, it, I, I guess it's Optimus Prime, like Mary Jane or something like that. It's a two two name first name, not Optimus yeah. Prime Johnson or something. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, Optimus Prime Bartholomew Smith. <laughs> so, in case you're curious, the number one voted answer uh, on the subreddit with thirteen thousand upvotes is just. Yeah, you should use it, yeah. but in, on the wedding program, where you, where a lot of people put the sweet how we met story, just put, here's why you heard them say my name Optimus Prime, and call it a day. <laughs> yeah. Also, I, I should note, this, this is something I always think about. So people, like, naming their kids after what's, like, popular at the moment. How many people... First, one of the most popular names was Khaleesi, which wasn't even the name of a character from Game of Thrones. It was a title. Um, Daenerys Targaryen huh. was the was the the wife of the call, er, ergo Khaleesi, and 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 people thought that was like her name. Um, but then you know when it turns out at the end of of Game of Thrones, which which we all know is a classic celebrated ending in in television history. When, you know, she kind of accidentally, like, kills an entire city, you know, because bells, I guess. Uh, I wonder how many people are going to be like, ooh, maybe we should change our child's name. Mm, it's up there with M.A.S.H. is just, you know, one of the classic endings of, of, of series. There the, you go. The, the, the scary thing for me is, depending on that person's age, that may have been around the time the Transformers movies came out. I mean, they, they, they could be of an age where... They're getting married, and and they were named that because the 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 movies had revitalized the love of oh because of Michael Bay yeah. not not because of not because of the OG Transformers yeah, not because cartoon of the OG I'm talking about like the Michael Bay ones. Hmm. Well, yeah. there is no age given here. I mean, I mean, regardless, um, you, you don't you don't pick your name. Um, and you know, like I I I go by my middle name for context. Hey, I got lucky. Uh, the story as told to me, and mom or dad, you can correct me on this later, but they were super close to naming me Alan Stephen Sheriff for a long time. <laughs> and, I, you know, you get one of those those cool L.L. Bean backpacks, and that would have just been yeah. glorious. Yeah. So, <laughs> nip that one in the butt. Now, to be fair, to be fair, there's been a number of students who call me that anyway, and I yeah. you know that's just... That's just, that's fine. But you know what? I've only got, oh my gosh, I've only got three more lectures until sabbatical. That's it. Three more in-person lectures till freedom for a semester. Yeah. And I yeah. leave you, I yeah, leave you, 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 you leave me <laughs> holding the bag that is 3240. We're going to, we're going to, the podcast starting in the spring, I'm just going to be chipper and happy. Let me tell you all these stories. You're like, shut up. <laughs> why aren't you here to help me? Why did you, why did you forsake me? Uh, well, at least, I mean, the, the issue this last term has just been, you know, I'm, I'm also teaching a class that has 700 students in it at the same time, which, which is a lot. Um, <laughs> I'm not the only no. instructor on that class, but oh, I know. And you're doing you're doing a, you're doing a good job. It's good to be back in in the classroom. Now yeah. that you can you know not be always teaching from home, but home is where we are now. I and will, of course, hope 
if you are celebrating Thanksgiving, that you are having a lovely time with friends and family, you are enjoying the the fruits of the cooking, whatever it might be, however you might celebrate. Hope you are being safe. Um, and with the the Christmas, the 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 winter holidays coming up, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Christmas, whatever you celebrate, we'll we'll keep making podcasts to the end of the year. Um, but hope you're doing well. If you have not had an opportunity to subscribe to the podcast. We'd love it if you went to regraderequest.com and click on a link there. Head over to Spotify, head over to Apple Podcasts, click on that subscribe button, leave us a review, leave us a five-star review, you know, make us feel good. It's going to be the end of the year, student evaluations are coming in, you know, let's go ahead and prime that pump with some positive reviews before we start getting the ones telling us that we hate them and apparently don't care about their futures. So please, (laughs) please, please validate us. Um... If you have a question you would like for us to talk about, by all means, send it to us, hosts at regraderequest.com, or you can click that button on the webpage at regraderequest.com and leave us a voice message that we would love to play on the show. We're just, we're just waiting. We're just waiting for that first message. We have, we are lining up a special guest in the coming weeks. We are very excited about it. Um, friend of ours, uh, Professor Daniel Graham, who's written a book on ethical hacking. We are working on getting a schedule together to get him on the show. This is when we'll you this all- is when you hack your uh your your university's uh ethics department, by the way, in case you were ah, wondering. That's, that's exactly uh, right. So that way you can Got change it. your grade to to get a better grade. That's what ethical hacking is. That it's exactly what it is. And we cannot wait, cannot wait to have him come on the show. Um fun fact, he actually took the class that McBurney and I are teaching when I first started teaching at UVA and now he's a professor and he's my colleague. So that's pretty cool. Um, and it's also kind of scary cause it means I'm old. <laughs> so for myself and for professor Will McBurney, hope you're having a fantastic Thanksgiving. Take care, be safe and watch for falling goats. Ooh, maybe we could use goats as a way to, to store electrical power from solar panels. That sounds terrifying. Like, I don't think the goats like would we like could that. we could like tie them to like tie a rope to them and like tie it to a windmill somewhere.